and we are live. Yes, I'm back after a little hiatus. Uh, migration didn't go well. And so I kind of decided to use that to take a break. And so what I've decided to do is kind of do more freeform stuff, more freeform conversations, bring in some fellow creators, people interested in movies, to have just more of a relaxing chat. Just see where it takes us. I'm actually honestly thinking of having it where I'm just going to like write down where we went, where we started and where we ended up. That might be the, uh, that might be the idea. And so the first person, he is a fellow Winnipeg based movie creator, as you would say, uh, Rob Christensen. Yes. 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 Did I, did I get it? Uh, Yes, you did. It's a first. I like to think. <laughs> I like to think of myself as uh, one of the many uh, folks working the YouTube film beat. Yes, something I have recently uh, put my hat in. I'm on mm. my seventh week. Uh, Putting it in hard. Put it. It, it, it has been a journey. Just. <laughs> cranking them out just cranking them out trying to find things to watch too that's i'm so glad that i chose short movies because sometimes i don't have time sometimes you you can't watch it an hour and a half two hour movie so these short movies they're just good and then i have some uh director friends and they send me some stuff and they do a few years ago i did a personal experiment where I, I, I committed the beginning of the year to do 52 dinner parties. Oh. <laughs> once on average, once a week, I'd have company over to dine. Yeah. Part of it is I love throwing dinner parties. Uh, the other thing was I overcomplicated them. Oh, of course. And you did. so it was only once or twice a year. And then you're never seeing any as many people as you'd like to. So I thought I'd do this brunches save my you know what yeah. short films sir are your brunch yes exactly it was like i never would have made it except for brunch because all of us and there were times where i was like literally i have people over on a saturday night and like all right I, I gotta get rid of you i gotta i gotta turn the i gotta turn bistro rob over for the <laughs> next set so i'll see you in the morning perfect yeah <laughs> the, yeah like i said the short movies you can I can get like a quick seven minute. The only thing I'm trying to find for myself right now, mm-hmm. I've got to start going, this should be longer. <laughs> that's the one thing. It's, it's a short movie for a reason. And I'm constantly like, I want more, but that's like the whole point of the short movie. It's kind of a, a gateway into doing feature length, I find. Yeah. Well, do you think though, some of it is, I've gotten into dust short films and... So uh, they're all sci-fi, sci-fi to sci-fi horror. And what I found with them, a lot of them, they're short, but I I would argue it's like, we're missing an ending here. Yeah. Like it's, it's missing a piece. It's not too short. Like, oh, wow. I want to explore this world more, Mm. Or I'd like to get to know these characters. There's that one we barely, it's yeah. more of a, wait, what, what do you mean we're done? What, why am I here at all? Exactly. So um, do you find when you're doing that, that some of them were 
like I, I remember commenting on one of yours and it sounded like you're just like, yeah, I wanted to see more of the world, but any yeah. of these you've run into yet where you're like, I, we need a couple of minutes to wrap this up properly. Uh, yeah. I, I, uh, will the machine that one felt like they could do more of a character study behind him, a lot more of his background and even like more ramifications because the, the guy was clearly on a mental downslope where eventually some big event was going to happen. I would love to have seen how they would have handled that event. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I find with short movies, though, the best ones are horror. You wanted to get to the... Uh, oh, yeah? Horror. Why is that? Well, with, with horror, I find a lot of them are like... Oftentimes, horror has that whole cold, ho cold hoping. Mm-hmm where it's pretty much the thing that previews everything for you, gets you ready for the rest of the movie. Like the ballerina. That one was a really good short movie. Yeah. And it was pretty much, I was like, holy crap. I, I want to see more of this, but I'm happy with what I got because we had a beginning, a middle, and an end. And you're still wanting more, but at the end of the day, it's perfect. The, the audience is left wanting more, but doesn't need more. It's yeah. resolved. Yes. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Uh, maybe not about horror, not really my favorite genre. Yeah, Although, yeah. still watch zombie movies. I'm exactly. looking forward to, oh, heck, it's the vampire on a plane. <laughs> oh. Netflix, and I cannot remember the title right now, but Netflix, July 23rd. I will be watching that film. It's I may be, even do a hot mic review because it's going to be a review of my account, So yes, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? It's and and it's just, looks like it's always tough with some of these zombies. I think my co-host Jim said it right. We were talking. I can't remember what the genre is, but he said, you know, oh, I think it was zombies. Yeah, we were doing Army of the Dead. And he said one of the tough things about these zombie movies is like, what do you do fresh with zombies? Mm. And I kind of like, and it's, I would argue it's the same thing with vampires. You think you've seen it all. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, vampire in a plane with a kid. Yes. It's like, all right, I, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. Uh, with, like I said, with zombies, I liked it because with zombies, you can kind of make a whole movie and have zombies mm -hmm. as a backdrop. Yeah. You don't, like, zombies are zombies. You, you, it, the actual meat has to be the thing that entices people. Because oh, yeah, people, it's the interaction in the group. Yeah. yeah. And then back to uh, short movies, the one movie that that wasn't horror, that, like, captivated me, got me emotional, was The Neighbor's Window. It's a Oscar-winning movie short. And it is one of the most beautiful movies I've seen because it's pretty much a older couple watching the younger couple across the street living their lives. And then yeah. one of them dies. And then she ends up walking to like, go take a closer look. And she meets the younger woman who goes, oh, we've been watching you this entire time, seeing what you guys have. So it's kind of like the whole grass is a greener on the other side kind of situation. And it is so good. That is like one of my top shorts I've seen so far. That sounds remarkable. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, I I definitely recommend it to everyone that is listening. 
Uh, it's one of my favorites. It's also linked in the movie review. So one of the things I actually brought you in was we wanted to talk about prequels. Yes. We wanted to I did about- homework on it for crying yeah. out loud. I did zero homework. I decided to <laughs> surprise you. I'm prepared. The student is prepared. There you go. And the teacher was uh, drunk the previous night and forgot all about it. You know what? The teacher was underpaid and overworked. Yeah. You know there what? You go. uh, you've been doing these seven, one a day for seven days for seven weeks. So far, yeah. That's, uh, so yeah. <laughs> I, and you're literally just finishing up one rolling into a live stream. So pretty much all good for me, man. <laughs> yeah. So when I, when I think of prequels, I I'm, I'm often disappointed. Like it, there's, and like the big one would definitely would be the Star Wars trilogy. And I, I don't know where I can pin on why I don't like the, the, the prequel trilogy. I, I think for the prequels, I, I, I think there's plenty of people. There's really just, uh, there are story problems in every one. They're too long. They're, um, they're too long. Hayden Christensen, how he was, how he was directed yes. may not have played to his strengths. I, uh, you know, the, and maybe he was miscast. I, I, I hate to, especially in a big movie like that, where the, st- it is definitely not a star driven operation. No. That was all Lucas. So I, 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 I don't want to say he was miscast, No, but there was something there where he may not have, it just, been properly directed or had the tools to play that character. But again, there's story problems. It's, uh, my co-host would call it overstuffed. Yes. Uh, and some of it is even just, uh, I, I still remember seeing the first, like going to it in the theater, that first one. And I'm like, we're starting with tax policy. <laughs> yeah, I I honestly really do feel really. Like the, the, <laughs> this is what we're doing here. The whole okay. political the whole political talk uh, really does bog it down. What? And the thing is, I I'm a political guy. I do. Hmm. I've said it before. I'll say it again. All films are political. Oh, definitely. But this is the yeah they but in a subtler thematic way or you're doing something like city hall and you're you really are making a drama of a political activity yeah. or something but this is almost like we're going to take the lamest most boring part yeah. and 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 use it as an excuse to have a, a space opera yeah. and it's like this is not unless you're making a parody like it 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 really <laughs> but but beyond that let's say you you could have even had that still could have survived but it just that's all of those movies are long and stuffed and uh i did getting ready for for your show uh i watched a a great short video uh from dave filoni 
uh, the the director for The Mandalorian, and I think he's co-executive producer. Yeah, he's like a, a big time. He's pretty much one of the creative forces now. He's the Mandalorian guy. Him mm. and not he's not the guy, but definitely one of the guys who's making The Mandalorian what it is. I think he was also behind uh, The Clone Wars, too. Yes, he was. I think that was his calling card. That was his entry. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he did a great, uh, great interview where he thematically connected the first three. And I'll be damned. Like, I mean, it. first of all, worth watching. Uh, be happy to. I'll, I'll send you the link. Yeah, uh, definitely. Worth watching, uh, James in part because you're like it gives you a different view of the prequels and it also explains the difference between the pe prequels and then let's call them the sequels the 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 final trilogy oh God, and yeah. it's like all, all of a sudden you look a little kinder to the prequels. still I'll, I'll be I, i'm not saying good movies at all yes um but at least you're like, well, they were thematically unified and they had <laughs> yes, a theme. Yes. yes. Whereas the, uh, except for Ryan Johnson's, and he's just trying to do something different, JJ uh, Abrams is not a theme guy. Um, he's more of a table setter, I find him. That's a great, uh, yeah, that's a great description. Yeah. He's, but like, look at Lost, like mm -hmm. great table set. You, you're instantly interested, but then it kind yeah. of petered off at the end. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, and, and I think part of it is, is doesn't have a, a thematic goal, a mm. theme, uh, you know, a, a real moral imperative. Like he, he, I, I mean, even, I think my favorite film of his is probably super eight. Yes. And that was like a little lad to Steven Spielberg. Yeah. It, that you get that and uh hey you know dads should listen to their sons sometimes yeah to go okay yes. what other what was the point to that film otherwise you know like i mean there's and it's fine for something that is such a child driven movie and aimed at children i think i think it was still kind of aimed at the mm. tween teen set um yes. but uh yeah, any of his other work, definitely not, uh, like, again, a weak themes or a kind of apple pie stuff in the Star Trek, uh, in his Star Trek films. Uh, yeah. It's how a writer can get away with getting his theme on the screen. <laughs> his crazy crap is because, you know, it's like, oh, I don't care, sure, it's, hey, where are my lens flares? Or <laughs> I, I, exactly. That's a terrible shot on J.J. Abrams, who... Yeah, so ten times the filmmaker I'll ever be. Oh, but, de oh, definitely. But like, he's no. only directed sixteen movies. That's that's the thing to remember. And oftentimes his name is attached to a lot of things. Like he he's... did, he did a, a Mission Impossible three, Super mm -hmm. Eight, Star Trek Into Darkness, and then The Force Awakens: The Rise of Skywalker. But I definitely agree with what you said that the prequels in relation to the sequels actually come out looking better. Yeah, they kind of, it sort of bumps up a little, <laughs> you know, some editing. <laughs> for, for me, each sequel uh, of, of the trilogy are good as a solo piece, but if you connect them together, they completely fail. It, mm -hmm. it's, it's like they're different jigsaw pieces just crammed together. Well, you know, they're perfectly fine films. You yes. know, the... Um, 
Although, well, I shouldn't say that. I don't think the third in the sequel trilogy was a fine film at all. It was, no. It, by the, that point, as we heard more stuff, it's like, well... The only reason Jim and I saw it was there's nothing else to see. Yes. No, this is the first one. I was going to wait until the it came out on video. And I, I, I don't know about your vintage, but I was 10 years old when uh, Star Wars came out. So I have, this is defined for me what film is in so many respects, this series. I believe um, I was 10 when it was re-released. Yeah. Like back in the 90s so mm. <laughs> so the perfect age to see that film exactly you i know? remember i remember collecting they had like a collectible to do it because it was building up towards the prequels mm -hmm. i remember seeing that awesome poster of anakin in front of the stone with the shadow of darth vader over him and yeah. uh, and oh. i do wonder about the prequels if they didn't do a westworld uh not westworld um What's the name of that political show? West. Oh, uh, West Wing. It, if instead of doing West Wing, if they did it more of a House of Cards, hmm. where focus on Palpatine, just pretty much cutting everybody That's out. That's an interesting in idea. More, yeah, in a more like fast-paced theatrical style, rather than this slow trickle about yelling about trade federations. Well, and skip the little boy part. Hmm. I, you know, maybe like uh, whether it's a trilogy or not, you hmm. could skip the rescuing Anakin and that nonsense. That could have been a cold open. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, a cold open, hearkening back. Yeah. Uh, similar to a sequel that had a bit of a prequel. Yeah. Um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yes. Which I would argue that little bit with Ritter for Phoenix was kind of a nice little prequelette. Um, yeah, no, I like that idea. Ditch that, do it from that perspective, or at least that advanced, uh, yeah, house of cards kind of thing as, yeah. as Palpatine and make him more attractive, <laughs> way oh. more. He should be way more interesting and attractive. Somebody we, well, a Thanos villain. Yeah. You know, that level of, well, I kind of see is always slippery and seductive. I, I actually like that though. I should. I should yeah, like that's that. a the, great idea. I, I prefer Ian McDermott. I really love his actor. He he really like he is the emperor, and every time he shows up, you you automatically just feel like he's plotting against everybody in the room, and that's what makes it fantastic. And Attack of the Clones with its problems, the way that the latter half of that movie is almost perfect. Yeah. It's almost what everyone envisioned it to be. Mm -hmm. Like as soon as Base Windu dies in that movie, and the turn to like you know Anakin Skywalker yeah. becoming Darth Vader. Spoiler alert: if you're not seeing it, <laughs> Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader. Uh, it, it's it's perfect. It's it was it's such well done. It's just pity it was kind of bogged down with everything else. Yeah. And Go to the Star Wars actually kind of my favorite one of my favorite prequel movies is Rogue One. Mm -hmm. Technically, I was gonna say that was like a uh, in my in my notes. Well, I will refer to them. There you I go. I called it. I called it. I said Rogue One, and and I was like, failed masterpiece. Like it, it had the most. It's still the most interesting of those prequel one-offs. Yeah, 
and it could have been so much more. Like you see it all. Like it's just, it's that meal you're enjoying, mm. and you're like, kind of, this ain't bad. But boy, with a little more, I don't know, is it turmeric or whatever the spice? You know, you're just like, yeah. oh, this could have been a, a five star dining experience. <laughs> for, um, for for me with Rogue One though is what I really enjoy is it kind of brought back. Uh, an edge to Star Wars. It brought by that edge in that everyone in that movie doesn't survive, and it really, add, it really. Well, at least adds it had stakes. It. You're right. Yes, and it, it showed the stakes as well. And yeah. you know, you also had that cool bit with Darth Vader, in which is probably one of the greatest Darth Vader scenes on cinema history. Oh, what he's just killing everyone in the. Yeah. I, I I could not disagree with you more. Really detested that. Oh, he's scumbag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, detested it. Really? Yeah. From the, uh, I, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, if there let's was get, a scene I could excise <laughs> oh. from cinema history, it would be that one. And I'll tell you why. Yeah. It is, uh, you look at one of the best villain reveals ever. Yeah. Ever. I, I, you know what? It's up there. It's it's not the best because there's some other amazing ones, but it is at number one with a whole bunch of others that I cannot think of right now. <laughs> but course. Darth Vader in the first, in uh, in A New Hope, let's call it Way that. Just through for, the, uh, yeah. the smoke and... Oh, after every... Oh, because you have minions he's a mm. he's a sith lord he's a yeah. big deal and his reveal as he comes kind of taps a couple of the dead schmucks yeah. you know the poor bastards with his foot and then keeps going like that's such a great villain reveal meanwhile the way i looked at it is there they're referencing more the anakin skywalker mm um Darth Vader and it's like well he's lost his shit yeah and he's lost his shit and it's it's uh this is not and given the timeline because you got Darth Vader a new hope who is always in control he yeah, but... never loses his crap he's very much and that's part of the why you fear him is it's like he's just there's a man who's committed to a goal and is not going to get caught. He's, he's not a passion, a passion driven villain. And, uh, and, and it goes theme wise to the new hope, that kind of robotic over-controlled empire to the passion of the rebellion and, Oh, I'm... we're for freedom. So that there, there, there is, and I don't mean it to convince you. No. I'm more just saying it how I saw it. Yeah. But Cut his, it out. Oh, his delete thing. all salt the ground where that scene was born, so nothing else may grow from that. How dare you? But I'm gonna counteract that. Okay, with, yeah, order, with, order, um, your, your... every time I want to understand this. Every time somebody fails, what does Darth Vader do? He chokes the shit out of them. Yeah, put some. That, that's not that's not a cool and calculated uh, behavior method, and apparently it's a regular <laughs> thing that he does is to choke <laughs> the shit out of people. But they're his own officers, so he kind of has to have a little bit of control because he has to answer to Palpatine. Whereas with the rebels, how is he going to give a shit? Why would he give a shit to like 
again, is, this is a guy who stays in his meditation chamber. Yeah, it's somebody <laughs> with severe anger issues. Or it's like it's like I gotta work out. Yeah. No, you stay in the background. I'm gonna take care of this myself. Yeah, T- time to swing some stuff because the emperor yeah. won't let me. <laughs> now, well, mind you, now I could even again if we if he was if it wasn't the reveal in that film. Uh, and I know you're like, I, I, I'm, I'm shocked, <laughs> not with you. I'm shocked with how many people think that's just the best scene of the whole film. So maybe and it's I'm just like, you then. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's the glory of movies, our show. Though. Our show motto yep. is, uh, we're not afraid of liking the wrong thing. Yes. Or liking the right things for the wrong reasons. Exactly. So I am totally okay whether I'm right or wrong. <laughs> I, I'm pretty confident I'm right. Oh. Uh, but, <laughs> but I'm okay with, with being the only one here. Um, coming back to it, though, I think in a film that had moments of emotional heft. Yeah. Uh, and... And, and emotional heft, it should have cut out earlier. That movie should have ended earlier instead of this, oh, well, we got to hook it up to that. And it's like, mm. oh, you could have just done that with a couple of spaceships. We all would have got it instead of bad CGI um, uh, Princess you, Leia, yeah. which was like, oh, my God. It was like an it's still burned in it. my brain. And then this thing, and it was like kind of, Again, the overstuffing of of Star Wars movies, almost like uh, fan service stuff, and I'm like, I, I just well, we didn't need that. It, we had the emotional ending. It yeah. could have just been a couple of ships, you know. Oh, we got to go get that guy, and yeah. and that's it. And we would have got it. And but here, every minute you stay after that real ending. Mm you're 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 sucking energy out of the real ending you're sucking time and memory out of the real ending like uh what did you what did you think to the han solo prequel Mm. i hated it i can't say i hated it i can't say i loved it it was a perfectly mediocre film uh for (laughs) me it was uh past reference the movie if it, it it was like they studied every single line that Han Solo said and put it into a movie rather than go by its own merits and tell a cohesive story. Yeah, sure. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it's, it's a movie I barely remember. Yes. You know, it's, it, it, and which is, I think the, the worst sin, maybe even a, even a bigger sin than being so awful. You're just, oh, I, I resent the time I spent even now. <laughs> you know, I, yes. um, yeah, that could be a bigger sin. It's like, well, I, I can't remember. Oh, but I'm pretty sure I paid for it. I'm pretty sure mm. I saw it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to go into like other prequels now. Uh, mm-hmm. And for me, in my opinion, one of the worst ones is X-Men Origins Wolverine. Have you ever seen yeah. that? Yeah. And just Yeah, go go. You can you can tell your movie is horrible when they have to make another movie just to take it out of existence. As a palate cleanser. Yes. 
<laughs> and then a whole other TV, a whole other movie series is just mocking that movie. So much so that the actor is shot in the head when he's reading the script to said movie. That is how bad it is. <laughs> and it's such a shame. Shame. But it all makes sense now because one of them is David uh, Benenoff from Game of Thrones. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's a, well, but it's not like, it's interesting that you bring up both these films. Mm. Um, but I'll, I'll, talking about the prequel side, I thought of what was actually a pretty good prequel. And I would argue it's a prequel, not a reboot, even though it leads to a reboot. But the uh, uh, X-Men First Class. That was amazing. Which is a really solid prequel. Yeah. It gave fresh life to it. It, you know, it was interesting and different. It kind of, uh, in in many respects, it, I can't say it's a, it's not a it's it's a great superhero movie and it's one of the first where we see wow this is actually the origin story that we're seeing after yeah. the first big the first big x-men and it's like oh this is cool this is a step we hadn't seen we it's good we're seeing it and it was very well executed and it tied you know? in nicely too i really absolutely one well, of the uh very interesting things was that you knew Xavier and Magneto were enemies. And I really like yeah. the dynamic of them actually being friends and then how they divide. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even their, again, their own backstories to kind of show how you, it, there's a Thanos-esque character to Magneto that mm. kind of, um, you're, you're, it's one of those things where you can still argue with them you can argue mm. with anybody, but you're, you can't just write him off as a crazy maniac. No, he, he has, he has points. He just puts it in a way that won't work. Oh, it's, it's too still, it's like, yeah, no, we got to put you in jail, buddy. Like you're yeah. <laughs> nothing excuses what you've done. <laughs> Not today, sir. All right. Yeah, but, yeah. And I, even, even down to the, the Wolverine cameo, which is one of my favorite cameos oh. where, where they just sneak up to him. And he's like, fuck off. Yeah. Like, there you go. It was just, you're right. That was absolutely. Yeah. Well, no, it was go fuck yourself. That was it. Yes. <laughs> Cigar. Whatever. It's just, and the way they turn around. Yeah. That, I get goosebumps now. Yes. Oh, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Got it right there. <laughs> yeah, I definitely. I, I definitely agree. I, I often forget about first class. I think it's because of the later movies really messed up that whole well, series. And the only reason we could even say it's a prequel, like it really is in a way a second film. Mm. So you had uh, Days of Future Past, yeah. which is what links it in continuity. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it corrects to a lot the of other problems. ones. Yeah. And then, yeah, much like they did with uh, Abrams at all did with uh, the Star Wars reboot. It's like, yeah. well, we use time and then that'll kind of allow us to finally get away from uh, James T. Kirk at yeah. all. Well, yes. They got their cake and their bread and butter. They go, oh, I get my cake and I get to eat it. Yay. Ah. We got Lennon Nimoy 
It's okay. <laughs> yeah. oh, apparently Shatner was like real mad that he wasn't invited at all. Well, so like, I know I'm dead, but I could still be alive. Read my books where I, I came back to life and became a god. <laughs> so, okay, but, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> uh, going back onto like bad prequels, uh, mm-hmm. the one that disappointed me the most, but was good, but it just kind of failed in, in certain parts, was The Thing 2011. Okay, yeah. I really love the idea. I really thought it was a fantastic. Uh, the only thing That's was with Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yes. Like the ending on the gotta shoot that dog. Yeah. And yeah. I I loved that. And that that if they did something it's a great to, idea. If they did something similar to that for Rogue One, mm-hmm. where it ends with the ship going towards Princess Leia's and then ends on credits. Yeah. That would have been better. But with this, the issue I had was the CGI. How can you go from a movie that is revolutionary in its practical effects and then go straight to like PlayStation 2 era graphic? And the horrible thing was it was a everything was practical effects from the start and the studio ordered it to be redone. Mm. Yeah, I I I can't um I loved the idea and I did see thing like I, I the thing the, yeah, the oh, remake oh. Uh, you know, I, in the eighties, I could still watch that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have, I have, I'm more sensitive now in my, <laughs> oh. in my middle-aged years. Um, <laughs> but I did not see that one and it wasn't through any other than it's like, oh, I want to see a, uh, no body horror. Not for me. Yeah. Uh, now it sounds like I could have seen it and I just wouldn't have been that horrified. Cause no. it's like, Ooh, that's. It's kind of disappointing. Less frightened, frightening and more just confusing. <laughs> yeah. And they had like a good cast and everything like that. It was just uh, let down with trying to make it all CGI. And it's... And a great idea. Like just a great... There is a prequel that makes sense. Yeah. Because it's you know? all been set up. Yeah. Same, same with Rogue One. There, there's a bit Many of... Many Bothans died for these plans. I like so. Just... As soon as I heard Rogue One and it was about, oh, I, I would bother other people. Well, many yeah. Bothans died for yeah. those plans. And it's like, exactly. what are you talking about? Go watch Star Wars. There you go. Philistine. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just, uh, I find often uh, when, they, when they try and, like, in my opinion, one of the worst prequels is something that actually came out recently. Cruella. I, I, you I, know what? It's one of the worst. It's one. I, I, yeah. Jim and I gave it a, a, a. I don't think we were like raving about it. I think it was one of those. How did we play it out? Maybe it was. I have to look <laughs> back at our review. There you we, go. We, we had. Oh, you know what? I think mostly we beat up on it. Yeah. Um. I, I'm not saying it was the worst, though. I think what we found was, it was like, wow, this really is uh, what? Cruella DeVille. Yeah. Like a great, disturbed, depraved, and doesn't care about it, proud of it even, villain, to uh, this kind of uh, little bit girl power uh i just want to make great clothes and then like it was a weird 
like, yeah, that's a movie that could have been so much more. I don't know if it's one of the worst though, because it just it doesn't offend. Like it, it in some oh, ways, it, it's part of the oh. problem with the film. It doesn't offend, but if, at least it had a character that is driving the action. Yeah, you know, so I gave this movie a, a one, a one blank, and it wow, just, it really, it really did. <laughs> like I do like Hundred One Dalmatians. I even liked the live action Hundred One Dalmatians. Watch the original again. It you kind of going, well, no wonder I loved it as a kid. This is a very, very simple story. Oh, it, it, it very, it very is. It's just it's so on the nose with a lot of things, and I, I'm going to spoil it right now. That the way you know they're talking about a sequel, eh? Of course they are. <laughs> of course they are. But the way. Like the reason why she doesn't like Dalmatians is because they killed her mom. Oh heck, no, no. This is here's the real mind bender. If you, <laughs> and it, actually, uh, I got to shout out somebody in our chat. Yeah. Uh, who said so? The Pongo and Perdita are brother and sister, right? Eh? Yes. It's like, and it was it just blew Jim into my our mind. It's you're right. That is fucked up yeah, right <laughs> but i don't even think she hated them like the, by the end of the movie i'm not like she doesn't, I, I, I didn't buying that cruella hated them they and so in many respects they failed the reason i, th I wanted to watch the movie is like boy i'd like to see how they turn somebody how they can keep our sympathy while making someone into that crazy whack job villain who kills puppies I, yeah and by the end of it i'm not thinking she's that villain it, you didn't we almost need to see another one to see okay does she ever actually break bad i was just about to say that you, <laughs> you, she doesn't break bad throughout this movie she yeah. just kind of has this weird um a little bit of extra spice to her voice and she's a maybe bit, a little darker a little hunched a li yeah um, why <laughs> where, where's the hair normal and that's it so how, how are you going to take this woman even who, while she's making amends with her, the only friend she's ever had yeah like it's yeah no and then the they never really sold anyone on that there's two parts of her i never bought no. that because they did not other. sell it yeah say that again the uh her duality oh like yeah that. it's like what duality oh yeah. the one you're telling that she is telling us about now yeah that we never saw before yeah and that seems to be really contrived mm. to fit the exact scene we're in <laughs> like they kind they kind of hinted at it at the start with don't be a koala i, I that, that, but i'm not even a... buying that like I I, I I can't even buy that that wasn't a hint or if it was it's one of the shittiest hints ever i'm not defending we it. don't it's see horrible. her be different we no. see a spirited young woman who has no problem saying f you that's all you, you there's nothing she does at the beginning that's awful no like what does she do she's just a spirited kid yeah you know when she goes to private school and she 
okay, bully's beating on her. She beats him back. Like that's, this is not in movie world, any, any foreshadowing of darker things to come. Yeah. It's actually more of a, what a great way to set up an active and a, a, an active and sympathetic character. You want to cheer for as she fights yeah. the man. Not the Sometimes one. Sometimes literally. Not the one 20 years later tries to skin the animals of a gift she gave to people. Yeah, and <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, well, and also like it was some part of her master plan, and it's like, uh, what? No, what? What? Yeah, yeah. I just, I'm not. Yeah, that that was. So there is though. Here's the thing about it. Why I can't? I couldn't put it on a worst list. There are. A, a, again, I. You do, Laura, I did like the character, even though I didn't see changes I expected. The story yeah. doesn't make, the story fails, the themes fail, mm. um, fails on story and themes, but she is drawn, she, like, I mean, the, the look, the vibe, the, the oh. vibe of the character, she's actually, okay, it doesn't all fail completely on story because she's a proactive character. Mm. She drives her own bus when you see plenty of movies where they're just mediocrities that you forget about and you're mm. like, who was in charge? What were they doing? Did they ever do anything that I'm like, did they change the action? Going back to Solo for a quick sec, I think that's a big part of this. I, I never am deep read it like I've done some of these other ones for Gemini's show. Mm. Uh, but looking back at Solo, uh, the Solo story, does he ever really drive the action? Like he, like he's forever reacting. It seems if, if memory yeah. serves now he gets in trouble, he's got to go do another side quest to get out of that trouble. And then, and then, and then, uh, and that's well, tough. That makes it hard to make a good movie. Mm. I'm not saying it's never been done, but it's difficult. Cause I never, at no time are you going, wow, this character is in charge and driving action and has a real goal in mind. Like, I mean, there's a kind of girlfriend thing. Yeah, that was, that was weird. And then the another weird ending where it's like, how big is this mythos gonna get? I don't remember any of these people. And so it also seems to be <laughs> contradictory to some of the original themes of the major movies. You know, exactly. it's like, what the? You have to watch like 80 hours of stuff just to get references. Well, and that's, I should not, I should study to be a guest on your show. Yes. I should not have to study to go watch a movie. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And maybe that's one of the parts of the problem with the, the I know we were off Cruella for a second. Oh, no worries, man. That's the whole <laughs> <But> point. <laughs> Star Wars. There's just too much canon yeah. and too many gatekeepers yes. saying, well, that's not canon. It's like, fuck you. I want a good movie. Yeah. I, I just want a good movie. Yeah. For the love of God, can I just get a good movie? I don't need it to be strictly adhering to canon. This, I, this may shock some real hardcore fans the core, like some of these hardcore fans, but it's, you're not a member of a religion. This is not religious practice. No, <laughs> you're not referring to the Bible. 
Heck, most people in the Bible can read the Bible. Most people who adhere to the Bible can read it metaphorically. Yes. Notwithstanding some of the wackadoos. Oh, so God. you guys quit being such fundamentalist crazies <laughs> and let us enjoy a movie without it being bound I don't by do all homework. this 80 other hours of shit. I don't want to do homework to watch a movie. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Uh, Movies, if you, unless it's a part of a series of movies, I do. You don't have to do a back, like a backlog, just to Even, figure out what's going on inside the movie, or have what, to read extra materials just to understand what is going on. Even the look at the MCU. I, I mean, had well, just look at the MCU without putting any labels on it just yet. Mm. Every single film except for Infinity War and Endgame, which really are one and two, they're a two-parter. Yes. Every other one, you could just walk in, go, oh, okay. Oh, those are the good guys, those are the bad guys. Yeah. Okay, apparently people are laughing at some reference. Yeah. But actually, I'd even say most of the time, the, the way it ties together into the other movies is clean and neat. Yes. And doesn't, if I didn't see, if I skipped a few for whatever reason, I, I am not getting screwed out of my twenty dollars. Definitely not. I, I definitely agree with with that. And the one thing I think Marvel found with the formula is, like you said, you can go in there, you can enjoy the movie on a. I'm just going to sit down. I don't know anything about this, but I understand the movie going in. Yeah, but I, it also allows you to enjoy moments if you've seen every single part absolutely it is part of a series with a logical projection per, uh, a logical um it one one <laughs> proceeds from another or yeah. proceeds to another yeah what do you think of this i'm kind of curious and i i'd love to say that this is all my idea but I really got it off of uh, another YouTuber, Skip Intro. Um, I don't know if you watch him. If you don't, start. I will. He made a great case. He, he only covers television. And then he did a thing on the MCU. And yeah. he made a solid case of saying, listen, I, I don't care what anyone thinks. MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a TV series. Kevin Feige's the showrunner. Yeah. And you have these episodes and I, that flipped a switch in my brain. And I'm like, yeah, no, you, that's a great way of looking at the MCU. It where is. Every episode is its own episode, but it's part of a series. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think he, oh yeah, go ahead. That's why they call them like phase one, phase two, phase three, and phase four. <laughs> You, you watch the phase intro one. I was like, season three. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant phase three. Exactly. Right. <laughs> that's exactly it. It's just pretty. That's why I really do like about the Marvel movies. We've been wanting this entire universe where there's a chance different heroes on screen can interact. Yeah. And I it's, it's amazing. Like Iron Man and Spider-Man. If, if I, if I told someone in 2000 or when the first Iron Man came out, yeah, there's going to be a movie where Iron Man is mentoring Spider-Man. Can you imagine saying that to somebody like back then? They're like, what's well, Iron Man? What second rate superhero is that? Exactly. <laughs> what? And do you think that that is the heart of the problem for the 
DC extended universe. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah, they had a star director who seemed to have a lot of, my opinion, negative input mm. um, on a lot of movies, but they never went, you know what? We need to look at these as pieces in a whole. Mm. All these individual pieces have to stand up on their own and fit into a whole. It's almost like they had very much a, nope, this is a, a trilogy or a quadrilogy. Mm. And yeah, there's something missing there. And I wonder if it's that. I'm going to be honest with the Zack Snyder vision. The thing I liked about it was he was kind of anti-Marvel in that he wanted to do his own thing and his own st- <laughs> and, and his own style. And it was oh, very, and he did. <laughs> and it was, it's very welcome because you don't want somebody constantly cop- copying the Marvel formula because it's, it's eventually going to get saturated and boring. Oh. Whereas with Zack Snyder, he had this whole idea labeled out and it was very interesting to see it uh, blossom. Yeah. I, I'm not saying that you got to do the Marvel formula and no. I'm not even sure there's a formula. I think it's more the framework you could. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, well, I, I got strong feelings about Zack Snyder. Yes, we yeah. don't need to get into it here. Um, that said, a Zack Snyder could have fit, but there needed to be someone above a supplying a framework. Mm. You know, saying, hey, Zach, that's very nice. Maybe we can tease that uh, post-credits theme. But oh. right now, can you just, can you focus on this? Yeah. Great. Meanwhile, no, we're not going to do, I can't let you do that with that character because mm. we've already got plans for her over here. Yeah. And so keep that in mind. But that that the because it really does sound like these directors got to got quite a bit of creative free fr- freedom within the framework they were mm. definitely put in a box boxes aren't terrible that's how you get to carry shit uh and i think that's maybe what could have helped the dceu more not necessarily the formula you're absolutely right because too many people are looking at the surface they yeah. needed more jokes they needed more this they needed more that and it's but like look look what they did with suicide squad you know like they took one look at Gal- uh guns of the galaxy went throw Get in we'll just every, do that. Get every single song from our library and throw it in the movie. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It doesn't match. Shut up. Put it in. Well, and uh, yet another example of you know, if the story ain't there, you're not getting a good movie. It doesn't mm. matter. Everything else is icing. Is there a cake there? Is mm. it a good cake? Or is it all dry and dusty? Or hey, wait, my fork went in. There's just icing here. I don't feel good. I, as someone who watched both Justice Leagues back to back, I did the whole thing. I do find oh Zach Snyder. That's a lot of yeah. <laughs> what was it six and a half hours? That's a lot of yeah. 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 Anyway, um, I found Zach Schneider's version a lot better. Because it added quite a bit of heart to it. I yeah. I, I, again, I, I I disagree with you there. Mm. I think what it did add is at least some narrative coherence. Yes. Um, there was a plot there. There was enough to kind of oh okay. At least I understand who these kind of who these people are. I'm the heart though. I think that almost there was a couple scenes that really spoke to me. Mm. One was where Aquaman 
is looking at speaking to, oh, it was speaking to Ezra Miller, uh, The Flash. Yes. Looking at Cyborg, Victor, I think the character's yeah. name is, look at him, now oh, that's got to suck. And it was like, I, it's, you know, just talking about his father just died and now mm. he might have to kill himself. And I was like, oh, finally some fucking humanity in this yeah. film like the and i i really did is like this doesn't ring like Zack snyder at all yeah, yeah. i i i find um the reason why i say hot was because the majority of the scenes cut in the uh josh whedon stuff was cyborg and i think cyborg was the heart of the movie I, yeah. uh because he's he's kind of the catalyst for he's them a sympathetic character yep and at he's least all, yeah you know he also kind of moves the plot along too, because he's yeah. kind of the um, Deus Ex Machina of the movie, you know, in uh, fighting... both a character and a MacGuffin. Exactly. So, and yeah, it was just, I, I do agree that the beginning of Zack Schneider's was overly long and kind of stupid with the echoing screams. I was like, what the fuck is this? I, you know what? We could be here for an hour. Yeah. You know, arguing about Zack Snyder. Yeah. Um, I, I did. I, yeah, it's a heavy, but it coming back to the prequels and sequels thing. Yeah. Um, here's a question for you. Cause I, I kind of look at them both the same, a sequel, a prequel, same mm. diff. You're just moving in a different direction. Yeah. Um, they might have their unique challenges because revealing that more in a information different direction. and stuff like that. Well, it you know it's you're in a sequel. Oh, you really got to go. Okay, I have a character. He was left here. Where does he go? Yeah. The reverse is is uh, from a story perspective different. I have a character who starts. I have he has to end looking like this. Yes. How do I make that interesting? Mm. Which is, um, which is tough. Like I think, but but I, I wanted. Uh, why do you think? Well, like, why did you ask me? Like, why did you want to talk about prequels and sequels? Why do you think most prequels and sequels that might be a bold? kind of assumption but most prequels and sequels aren't as good as their um, core movie i think for sometimes with sequels like especially with sequels yeah you often get something that is very popular so they try and make it samey which try and it, make it which uh samey like same as the first movie oh, okay yep and the issue is when they try and make it the same as the first movie you get rid of character progression yeah. So oftentimes that the the woman at the end of the movie or the first movie is either dead or dumps him. And it just it ruin it it's almost ruining that first movie for me. Because I'm like <laughs> describing hey, every Jim Bond ever. Oh god. <laughs> I'm go I'm going through them and I'm like whoa. Whoa. Like see so we have this do you want cookie cutter A B or C? Yeah. This is what we have for James Bond. Yeah. They open in one of three ways. They close in one of three ways. And if he ever makes a real connection with a woman, she's dead. Uh, it sucks for her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the, at least 
with the James Bond movie, it kind of makes sense because he is a uh, he is a Lafario. Uh, but and, yep. and the, the one cool thing I actually really do like that they introduced to the current movies is they kind of tie together and a lot of the stuff that happens to him is still affecting him to that day. Even in the Roger Moore movies, uh, he is still sad about his wife in a couple of those movies. Like he goes to the grave of his wife and then drops off uh, Blofeld. It's not really Blofeld, but it is because he was having issues with the rights to Spectre. But yeah. <laughs> uh, like, not defending it because of course, but I thought, uh, there was one... <sighs> What's movies? Hangover. Mm-hmm. Th- those sequels are absolutely terrible because it regresses a lot of the story at the end of the day that they build up to. Here's an interesting. I never saw the first one. Oh, really? So I saw The Hangover 2, laughed my ass off. <laughs> and I think the reason I laughed my ass off is because I saw The Hangover 1. Yes. It was like they just re- totally redid it beat for beat. Um, right. <laughs> uh, well, no, I, I never had. I was like, well, why should I? I, I really did. I heard enough mm. that it was like, I don't want to wreck the experience. Uh, exactly. The Hangover 2 will be my hangover. Yeah. I won't watch the other two. And then I, then I won't be like, I won't have that crappy aftertaste in my mouth, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but it, it is. It's, oh. I, I, I agree with you. I think one of the toughest things, I mean, first of all, it's just hard to make a good movie. Yes. It's just so hard. But I'm wondering, and it's you mentioned The Hangover. Mm. I'm going to mention Indiana Jones because I do not think Temple of Doom was a good prequel oh. or sequel. Like, it's a prequel. Yeah. I don't think it was that good, and it's crazy racist. Oh, um, yeah. But uh, the both films were made you're not going wow we're gonna make something that's gonna hit the Mm. jackpot no 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 filmmakers think they're about to make the jackpot they they and so all of a sudden the and this is i think comes to what you were saying is there's this huge pressure to go and do it again it's like we made a billion dollars off of that kenya I'd like another billion dollars because yeah. any man, the, the nature of capitalism, it's like the capitalist is, uh, is uh, no producers happy with just $1 billion after they got it. They want two or eight. Mm. That's why I kind of, oh, you're gone. Oh, um, so I think that's part of the pro- part of the problem, not all of the problem, but part of the problem of, may- of sequels is they're tacked onto movies that should never have had a sequel. Yeah. Or if they were going to have a sequel, it needed to be rebooted, like, or re- flip the genre. Yeah. Aliens is a fucking fantastic sequel, yes. in part because it is no longer science fiction horror. It's a Vietnam War movie. Yes. Horror. And so all of a sudden, you're seeing it. You There, it's like reinvented. But yeah. most of these others, they're like, it's a copy, because that's all they got, because what do you do after the hangover? There's no logical next one. I actually have one. I sh- this is oh, okay. Uh, yeah. This is a bit of my uh, fantasy uh, booking right here. But no, no, right on. Let's hear it. So I always thought because you have the main groom that is often drugged and and uh, Doug. He's yeah. often he's often drugged. I always wanted them to retroactively 
uh, changed the canon a bit that the reason why he was drugged is that when he gets drunk, he's a major problem. Where That's he, a great idea. Where he is the absolute worst person to get drunk and that they drugged him so that he'll go to sleep so that they could enjoy his bachelor party. He can yeah. go to sleep early and they don't have to deal with the ramifications. It's a minor tweak too. Like, yeah. I mean, million other, like again, ditch this adherence to canon. Yeah. That's not how it... Mm. Oh, let's have a good movie and then that's you have a, a great idea and then you have a scene where you say, where they're saying that's why that's why i drugged him in the first place you guys remember right you know remember last time he got drunk and then it's like we've got to kick into him. the prequel and and then you know you've got them traveling in in the wake of his destruction exactly chasing the, after him yeah picking up after him cleaning up after right? him and it's a great flip on a character too yeah which you we've all had that experience mm. we all know those people heck at times we've been those people yeah you know uh yeah i think that's a that's a genius idea exactly so but it also shows how yeah you've got to give us a a, a good reason mm. like a, 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 a and something that's truly different while still holding and I, again that just makes it that's even harder for a filmmaker to do. Never mind winning the jackpot yeah. of creating a film that becomes iconic. Expanded then, on cause, it. Yeah, because those are the films that get sequels. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's how where do you go after that? And usually that director has the brains. Like Ridley Scott did not do aliens. He didn't do aliens because he's like, no, I, I, I honestly, I believe in his brain. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to look like a schmuck trying to catch lightning twice. But then James Cameron, James Cameron yeah. brought a, but, but then it's, it is, it's also a new person to bring fresh eyes. Yeah. Uh, somebody who can flip, who knows how to flip something. Uh, again, uh, Terminator 2. How many people just talk bring about Terminator 2 yes. as like better than the first? Mm. I, I'm not quite buying that, but Blasphemy. perhaps <laughs> equal, like equal in quality as, as yeah. a good film because they flipped something. They made yeah. it different. They, you they, know, they, they played on it because up until the, the, the part where they're in the hallway together, you still think the Terminator is after him. Oh yeah. It, and to make him sympathetic, yes. to give us a sympathetic vil to to turn the villain into a hero and a sympathetic one, uh, like it's it's still kind of heartbreaking with the thumbs up going oh, into God. the lava. Like oh. I mean, oh no, yes, it's yeah. Well, being and there's a film that's actually commits to the canon. Mm. You know, like it. It does. Yeah. So and yeah, that, and then no. less said about the sequels, the better. Yes, yes. Well, uh, <laughs> once they they couldn't figure out how to flip the switch. Yeah, they couldn't how to flip how to flip the script, how to mm. reinvent. Um, they're yeah, and and you can see they're trying. And again, though, like I mean, it's that last one. Like, bless them for trying. Because they killed off John Connor immediately, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that was perfect. That's a so ballsy move. <laughs> so now, so now, Rob, uh, before you go, I've got a, uh, I got, oh. I got a little game. I got a little game. Are you getting my coat for me? <laughs> oh, it, it's already in the hallway. I've got somebody waiting. I, I try and keep okay. this just over an hour. Yeah. So. No, no, good. Anyway, the game. Let's get. So the to game it. is uh, what I'm going to do 
is I'm going to give you five actors and I want you to name the first movie that comes into your head. Okay, give me one second. On the condition that uh, the other thing we're talking about, I may do on my own. I'm thinking of starting another show. Like I've got Jim and I. Yeah. Jim and I overanalyze movies. Yeah. Fantastic Sundays, 9.30 p.m. Central Daylight Time. Lincoln Bio. Pick a movie, watch <laughs> the movie sometime. Yeah. Then we take it too far. Take yes. our analysis too far. Yes. Uh, but if I start this other thing, the first one of the subjects is going to be, and you will need to be a guest on this because you got me to do it and I did research, was I call myself a movie fan, but I've never seen Yes, yes. If you promise me that you will come on my BS and yep. we'll talk about that for a bit. Oh, definitely. Uh, I'll, I'll play your game. Yeah. All um, right. So the first one. Okay. Mo and Mo I've got to name a movie. The first movie that pops in my head. Yes. Okay. Morgan, Morgan Freeman. Shawshank Redemption. Uh, Bruce Willis. Die Hard. Okay. Shia LaBeouf. Holes. Holes. Danny DeVito. So many, but I'm giving you Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. Hoffa. Not Hoffa. Jimmy Hoffa, Hoffa. Yeah. And then finally, I am going to go with, I've got a list here. I am going to go with Scarlett Johansson. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of, oh, you know what? I'm giving you Ghost uh, Ghost World. Ghost World, really good movie. Ghost World, yeah. With uh, Thora Birch. Yes. yes. The first it... time I ever saw her in her film. Yeah. Oh. And yes. a comic book adaptation, yes, which is, is another reason why I say these aren't genres. No. <laughs> no comic book adaptation is not a genre. No. No, de so. definitely not. <laughs> I, I another rant that. of mine. People are like, oh, it's a, co it's a comic book movie. Do you realize how many different things fall into Like, uh, what was it? My Friend Dharma is basically mm -hmm. a movie about a bunch of kids who hang out with Jeffrey Dharma when he was a young kid. Yeah. And it's based off the comic book. Um, written by, or no, not, uh, I, there's a Winnipeg writer, uh, Robin, on oh, I cannot remember her last name now. She just, uh, she wrote a book about Jeffrey Dahmer, but it isn't this. No, it's mind. not. This yeah. is, uh, the guy who actually wrote the comic book was actually friends with Jeffrey Dahmer. It's based on real life events. Just a neighbor, a person he hung out with. Yeah, wow. uh, they were part of the Dharma Club because he would act like he would freak out in class just for attention. And they would they would like be friends with him and go, hey, go freak out in the mall and stuff like that. Crazy, man. Yeah. <laughs> what was it called again? Uh, My Friend Dharma. Okay. Uh, Anhesh is in it. Alex but based off a gra like off a graphic novel. Yep. Yeah, no, the, the film rings a bell, but it's the graphic novel that kind of, it's like, wow, really? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah, right? It's, oh, so, it's so good. Uh, directed by Mark uh, Myers, I've, who's done uh, uh, Approaching Union Square and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, Rob, oh, thank you so yeah. much for coming on. We're, uh, we're out of time. Yes, we are. We are out of time, but thank you so much. So, uh, thank you very much for having me on, uh, yep. James. This was, a, I had a great time. 
And it's oh, yeah. nice to be on someone else's show where I'm like, I just got to show up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and you forward planning, even though you did more planning than I did. So uh, from that. You I, know what I mean? Producing a live show is oh. hard. I know it from uh, uh, well over a year of experience of doing it weekly now. Mm. Um, yeah, I yeah, I really appreciate you let me I've been doing I've been doing a couple of years of weekly. And I've had to take breaks. It's yeah. a lot. It's a lot. But I'm actually kind of enjoying just off the cuff, uh, see where it takes us conversations because mm -hmm. that's the more fun conversations with movies, in my opinion, where we're just talking about what we know. There's yeah. no looking at it up. It's just going off on what we know and just enjoying ourselves, right? Yeah. Well, anyway, it's certainly, I had a great time. Yes. I hope your audience did. Uh, They'll probably they, email me. They don't going, send no. you messages like, never bring him back oh i've already got two texts already saying get him off so, <laughs> <laughs> so well to them <laughs> and we'll leave it at that one to you thank you very much no okay. have a good one guys